He's Pittsburgh born and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the Adam Crowley Show. The Cinderella boy. Uh... On 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Got this tweet from Vin. A.B. is a human. He had a few bad weeks. Is he not allowed to take a day to get his mind right? These clickbaiters need to stop. Oh, for the love of God. I have to separate this into two different tweets, okay? The first one is he's a human. He's had a few bad weeks. Hey, we've all been there, right? Uh, I can empathize. Everyone in this room can empathize. Even Brian, or pardon me, even Tom, uh, who walks around shirtless uh, and is the happiest guy in the world, even he has had some bad times. That being said, if I need a mental health day, if I've got some issues going on in my personal life, I pick up the phone and I say, hey, Brian, I need a day off. And he says, you can't have one. It's dealer's season. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? And then I come in. I mean, that's the way it goes. And if stuff's really bad, he says, oh, okay, you can take the day. If Antonio Brown really had these problems, if he was really going through a real-life hurricane, let's say, Right? It's Florence. It's descending on his life. There's rain everywhere. There's wind. Baby mamas are flying through the window. <laughs> if that's going on, right? You call your head coach. You call your buddy, right, Tomlin, because he's a player's coach, because he's a cheerleader. They got to be friends, right? You call that guy and you say, hey, man, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. And here's the kicker, Vin. Here's why. Not going to be able to make it in. Here's why. If you need a doctor's note, they'll write one for you. If you had to take your kid in because he's got the flu, they'll write you a doctor's note there. There are excuses everywhere that can be documented. You just say what happened, and you're good. Not showing up and not telling the head coach. Not showing up, not telling the organization. Me not showing up for a show and not calling Brian. Those are reasons to be critical towards that person. Now, you're not going to... Suspend A.B. They're not going to do it. If I don't show up, I'm getting in big trouble. Uh, it's different. If Bauman didn't want to show up, he's off all the time. They're cool with it. If Mad wants to do a show from Vegas and then get a kitten the next day, he's not going to show up and they're cool with it. That's just the way it goes. That's the pecking order. That's the reality. But to say, oh, A.B. might be going through some stuff and you should have an excused absence because of it, yeah, you're right if he calls in and talks to the damn coach about it. Now, for the second part of the tweet, these bait clickers need to stop. First of all, it's click baiters, not bait clickers. Them damn bait clickers. I mean, this ass dumb. What are on more? This isn't clickbait. Not everything you disagree with is clickbait. Bait click. I, it's bait click. Um, you know what? Sorry, Sorry on. Seriously though. <laughs> I, I was reading a Mark Caboli story from The Athletic. He was on our program earlier. And the first three responses were clickbait, 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 when his headline was, Antonio Brown should be suspended, here's why. And people said, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. It's not clickbait. 
You just don't want to see your favorite football player not playing on Monday Night Football. That's it. It's not clickbait. It's, a, it's an opinion. And as for me, yes, my job is to keep people engaged. My job is for you to want to listen to the radio program every time you turn on the radio. But I'm not saying things that are outright flamboyant and incendiary just to get you to stick around. I, I, don't, I don't behave that way. I am transparent. It is the number one virtue of the Crowley Show. Moving on. So, Bert and Ernie are gay, huh? Hmm. That is big news, right? I thought that was common knowledge. I really yeah, I did. did. I didn't know that this like, I mean, broke that, just recently. Like, for forever, I assumed that was the case. I thought that was the case. And there was nothing wrong with that. No. No, I loved it. It was great. I can't stand gay puppets. The thought of it disgusts me. Whoa. Are you whoa. kidding? I mean, why would they make that choice? Crowley, it's very ignorant of you to think that it's a choice. It Let me just say that. You know what I got today? <laughs> I got a couple of people saying, we don't need these puppets to have sexuality. Okay, then why in the world does Miss Piggy want to go ham on friggin' Froggy Dude? All the time. How jealous she gets when anyone else pays him I attention. I mean, there's yeah. some sexuality there. Yeah, Miss Pig- yeah, Piggy wears the low-cut tops. She wants to pork them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Miss Piggy. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. What do you mean? Pretty good. What happened? Not a bad Kermy. I didn't change my voice. Huh. I thought he was doing Jerry <laughs> Kermit the Frog here with Tim Benz. <laughs> I just don't think it needs to be as charged a debate as it seems to have become on social media how dare you slam sexuality down the throats of children they're preschoolers who are watching this for god's sakes well guess what some of those preschoolers are gay they just don't know it yet yeah preschoolers some of them tend to grow up gay yes that's a fact that's the way it goes it's life it's not a choice these are puppets yes i know but they're puppets that are representing the real world they are black puppets no Yeah, yeah i will guarantee you one thing those guys in the balcony, they wanted none of that. Those two old men in the balcony? Oh, no. Yeah, you know they wanted none of that. They They're were Trumpsters. Like, yeah, they, they went all Mago and Bert and Ernie. <laughs> what are you two fruits doing in there? Oh, no. What are you doing down there? Get out of the bathtub, Bert and Ernie. They're not very tolerant, those two men on the balcony. No, they are not. But nobody knows their names. And I think that this is good for the gay youth in America, for the LGBTQ community. The two guys on the balcony, they're only known as the guys on the balcony. Bert and Ernie, super gay. We all love them. Yep. Fabulous. How's that for self-confidence? Fabulous dressers, too, those two. They are. Yeah, I had... It, it brings... Um, Tom, I don't. I'm going to call a curveball here, but maybe we'll play it later. But it brings new meaning to like the song "Rubber Ducky." Oh no! Remember that song, the Muppet song, where they're like, "Rubber Ducky, you're, you're the, the one. one." Yeah. Yeah. Make bath time. Oh, so fun! Now that bath time's got a whole new meaning now, right? Not judging, but just saying, bath time might have been a little more fun than we expected. I mean, we all knew this, though. I thought. I mean, I always thought that Bert and Ernie were rubbing uglies. I mean, I just, I think it was common knowledge. It's okay. Uh, we don't have to make it this big deal. I mean, it's out there. Dumbledore was gay. J.K. Rowling comes out and says Dumbledore is gay. And you know what? We all moved on from it. You know what's really disturbing, too? When you think about it, you're upset about this. Well, hey, people, guess what? A pig was trying to bang a frog. That is unnatural. You have no problem with that? That is unnatural. There is no way that they will allow in the Supreme Court a frog to mate with a pig. Pigs cannot marry frogs. 
Although with Kavanaugh, God only knows. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. I mean, uh, you're two male puppets and you're upset. Pick it a frog. I mean, wait, wait That's when these work. Wait when these people, the people who are tweeting me, oh my God, the puppets, they can't be gay. Wait till they find out their son's gay. I mean, I, I feel terrible for that kid. I feel terrible for him because a lot of these people, it's going to happen to them. I have a bunch of gay friends, a bunch of them. I like twelve percent of my friends are gay. All right, we get it. You hang around gay people. Did I cover myself? Yeah, you're good. We're good. You <laughs> just went full. I got a gave us some percentage. I got a bunch of pig friends too. <laughs> I got a bunch of frogs. Who are yes. <laughs> I mean, what happens whenever? I mean. <laughs> We got women all over the place kissing frogs now thinking they're going to turn into princes, too. You want to talk about real problems for children? That's one, not the gay puppet thing. And birds aren't that big, for the record. Yes. It's an odd bird, right? I agree. That is unrealistic. Seven I mean, foot bird. isn't that just the point, though? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're so mad that Bert and Ernie are gay <laughs> on a show where there's a bird that's eight foot nine i mean this bird's dunking on shaquille o'neal and we're all upset because bert and ernie have a gay relationship they're roommates they live together there's old guys in the balcony insulting everyone there there's pigs and 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 frogs going full carnal knowledge on each other and you're worried about bert and ernie we have a little green dude stuck in a trash can yelling which you know what now i kind of feel like is just a microcosm of our society I mean, we have a giant blue monster who's literally addicted to cookies, a.k.a. crack, on Sesame Street. It's disgusting. We should breach addiction here. I agree. Someone should really get that guy help. Do you think he's got diabetes? It's been like 40 years. All he eats is cookies. We got problems on Sesame Street, right? And the gay thing is the furthest thing from the... I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a freaking vampire! <laughs> there's a guy who lives in a trash can. It's not Can we get him a house? <laughs> Homelessness, big problem. Yep. Bloodsuckers, big problem. Yeah. Opioid addiction, big Huge problem. Huge problem. Yep. Being gay, it's totally natural. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sesame Street taught me a lot about life. And... It made me realize that some people have it a lot worse than others. Bert and Ernie at least made each other laugh. Bert and Ernie at least were a beacon of hope for the other man. I mean, do you know how hard it is to come out in the puppet community? Yes, they're very, very judgmental in the puppet community. They are. I mean, serious question, though. Yes. Um, Did you forget your question? No, I didn't. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. Bert's the top, right? Oh, no. The pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, we're in it now. Not that far. That puppet's bird is. Got this tweet from Nobody. Couldn't agree more with Mark Madden. A.B. should be suspended. Even if you lose to Tampa, you're only 0-2-1. There's 13 more games to get the 10-11 wins you'll need to make the playoffs. Nobody... If they're 0-2-1 and they didn't get a victory against the Browns, what the hell gives you the faith that they're going to get 10 or 11 wins to make the playoffs? You got 13 games to win 10, and you're going to tell me that you're happy about that? You think that's going to work out positively for you? Really? I mean, you're bending over backwards here to make your point. You sound dumb. 
there's a real reality that people aren't willing to accept. Oh no! Like a real possibility. You know what I mean? Like it's like how bad this could be. You brought this up in the parking lot the I, other day. I did, and people will, are not willing to even entertain it yet. Like not even like a logical like eh, it could go this way. Like it, it's just absolute. Like no, no, we'll be fine. We'll this be team fine. could miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's realistic. What? It's what are you real, talking about? Like Tom is the perfect example of it, but there are a lot of people who cannot even fathom the idea of this team not making the playoffs. Now I'm not saying it, it could have; they could make the playoffs, no problem. Everything goes well from here on out. They kind of pick it up and get things together. Could happen, but the idea of people not even willing to entertain it or not even thinking it's even a remote possibility that this team won't make the playoffs—it's kind of weird to watch. Bert's on the bottom. This one from Pete. At underscore Adam Crowley, the two guys on the balcony are named Hector and Waldorf. A guy named Waldorf <laughs> ain't okay with two men living together below. No, no, no. Waldorf donates to groups who try to change those people. Waldorf is a member of the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, he's got t-shirts that say, get the gay out. Coming up next... A guy who's taller than Big Bert. Not on my lawn. Get off him, Bert. Chris Adamski from the trip next. Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Enough. I'm putting these back in my pants. They're mine. This is crazy. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Newly minted Twitter poll at underscore Adam Crowley on the Twitter.com. Who would win in a fight, Kermit or Elmo? I mean, it's going nine rounds, right? How many rounds are in boxing? Is it nine? Well, it's boxing dead. Holy hell. It's 12. It's 12? In Muppet boxing, it's nine. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the frog. I got the frog, too. I don't know what the hell Elmo is. That's why I'm taking Elmo. Frogs got good feet work. Wow, that's you true. You don't know what the hell Elmo is. Elmo's an enigma. He could like breathe fire for all we know. Elmo's fire. I I know a lot of people won't let Bert and Ernie babysit Elmo now. And isn't that sad? Yeah. They let the giant ass bird do it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, go. We'll let the eight foot bird babysit our kid. Okay. So real talk though. <laughs> Bert and Ernie. Kermit and Miss Piggy have a far worse relationship than the gay puppets. So dysfunctional. Seriously. I, well, we're not going to let them raise a family. Well, you know what? They could a hell of a lot better than Miss Piggy and Kermit. And you know what, Crowley? I'll go one step further there. Basically, what Miss Piggy was doing was sexual harassment. It oh. was hashtag me too in puppet form. So let, where's the outrage about that? I've learned so much about society through the Muppets. What has Chris Adamski learned? Adamski, who wins in a fight, Kermit or Elmo? I mean, Kermit seems to have a temper. I don't know if we ever saw that side of Elmo. So if I want somebody in the dark alley with me, somebody has my back, I want the guy who's just a little bit unstable at times. Hmm. And I feel like Elmo is, you know, has his crap together for as what it is. One more Muppets-related question. Does Oscar ever leave the trash can? Have we ever seen his, uh, as we refer to Bert and Ernie, wasn't there some part of the statement that they have nothing from the waist down and maybe literally Oscar maybe doesn't? We don't, we have no evidence, right? 
This is getting I, this is getting I, too disturbing I'm for gonna, me. I'm going to look it up. I, I, my yeah. favorite Muppets, though, are the two old guys in the balcony that just heckle everybody. Okay, so best. we're going to get into the Steelers in a second here. We think that the two guys yelling down from the balcony, the one guy's name is Waldorf. I mean, he sounds like he's 87 years old. Those guys are probably <laughs> anti-gay. It probably made it that much harder for Bert and Ernie to come out. <laughs> Imagine what, from, their, from their balcony what they would have yelled down at... Uh... At, at those two, I guess. Uh, I don't well, actually though, but they, but the Sesame Street Muppets ever part of the Muppet program where Waldorf and the other guy. Maybe how can nobody question those two? Those two spent a lot of time. <laughs> That's together. a good point. <laughs> All right, we're gonna put that one up here on the poll too. Uh, our Waldorf and Zippo, or whatever the Statler, hell his name, Statler. Uh, Statler, our Statler and Waldorf gay. Yeah. I will put that one up here, too. Uh, Adamski, do you think the Steelers, by not suspending Antonio Brown, would be doing the right thing? By not suspending? I, I, yeah. Oh, man, that, that's an open end. You know, I, it, I don't even consider it. Well, did you think I, I wasn't going to ask you that question, Adamski? Did I lull you to sleep with the Muppet talk? Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about the lack of Jalen Samuels usage here or something. Uh, I, I don't know what. Um, <laughs> Hybrid linebackers. <laughs> yeah, I you know I, I, I a suspension for an entire game seems like a lot to me. You know, you're talking to you're talking a benching, you're talking a you know a series, a half, something like that. I, I think that could would serve them would serve the issue well. I think overall and sort of quell. I mean, a lot of this you learn about this. This is a lot of this is more almost you know window dressing for everybody else than it is for. I mean, it's really going to make a difference to the team that much. I, I guess you could say there's an example set, a line drawn to sand, something like that. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like this is all like a, a Petri dish. They went 13-3 and last year. It was all kind of cute when all the drama happened because they went 13-3 and and you know people didn't really care that much, I guess. But when you're 0-1-1 and things start going down, uh, does that lead you to that? I don't know, but we're going to see if it, if this continues this record and they're not uh, you know leading the division by November. Uh, whether uh, all this is going to start to add up and and uh, you know make things worse. That's where I come down. Uh, I think that it would make it worse if you were to suspend an Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't think you can cut off your nose to spite your face. And to that end, Chris, I mean, is this a must-win game? Here comes the cliched radio question after the Muppet badgering. Uh, is it a must-win on Monday? I think it absolutely is. If you can't beat... Any of these three teams, uh, Kansas City looks pretty good, but you can't beat any of these three teams. I think you're going to have a tough time on the back end of the schedule with how tough it is to put together a, a resume to get to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a matter of what, what, who the three teams are at this point. It's just that eventually the math starts catching up to you. You're, you're 2 and one You know, the win through three weeks. I don't care if you got the easy, soft part of your schedule or not. At some point, you got to start, you know, stacking wins. Use another cliche. Uh, because it's going to, you know, but, and the Steelers, to their credit, generally until these last two seasons, had always start, started slower, improved throughout the season, right? I mean, if we can go back to the start 0 and 4 and recovering to go 8 and 8. And, and there's, there's more than that. Even the, the, the 09 season, when they finished 8 and 8, they, they started poorly and, and we're going to fall the way back. We're back to 06, and that's another. You know, another dimension. Bill Cowher was still here, but they started two and six and finished eight and eight. They seem to always get better throughout the season. However, you know, there's a point where you can't you dig yourself too big of a hole and you can't make up ground. And and I don't know are, are the are the Bengals and Ravens and and Brown, the Browns are certainly better than they have been. 
I don't know if that's hurt them in the division yet, but you're already, uh, you know, blew one of your chances for a win with an automatic win here the past three years. Uh, so, if they, you know, all that was going to matter is win the division. And, you know, they've got nine, six, and one, or whatever it might be, and still win the division. Get the four seed at that point. You're, uh, you know, you're rolling the dice in the postseason anyway. The defense, Adamski. You look at it as a scheme issue, or is it a talent issue? Do you think? Um, I, I think at this point it's still talent. Uh, I think that the scheme is an issue in respect to, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. There, there's definitely a, a level of confusion and definitely a level of the communication that, yeah. you know, whether it's explicitly just, you know, guys aren't in the right spot or whether it's kind of cumulative and more sort of they're still learning everything about it and they haven't perfected it or fine-tuned it yet. Uh, you know, you can parse where they're at on that spectrum, but the, it's definitely leading to whether it be the the exotism. Is that an A-B word? Is that a real word? I don't know. That's uh, an A-B word, but I will allow it. <laughs> we'll allow it. Uh, of what they're trying to do, or just the, the, the newism, another made up word of, of what they're trying to do, or, or the newism of all the players that they, you know, in the secondary they have, especially uh, the new personnel trying to assimilate. There's a lot of factors going on there. So I, I think you can, at least if you're an optimist or you're a Steelers fan or you're the Steelers, you can talk yourself into believing that this will sort of work itself out. Also, I want to say this. Now, the defense, Same. yeah, the people are sort of going off the, about how bad this defense has been. It's been one. It was one game, okay. I mean, the, the well, you don't factor in last year at all into that. I, I, I get it. I, I see what you're saying, but I, you know, they. I think we talked a week ago, or at least people were, you know, and it was Browns, and they tied. <laughs> Damn it! But, but you got it, me. The, the defense didn't. The defense was sort of a positive at that point, and the, and the Chiefs. We'll see. It's only two games for them too, and Mahomes mania might, you know, flame out. But the Chiefs look like a pretty dang good offense. So we're talking about one bad game here with this group of deep defenders, okay? Which, which not, and yes, I am just like everybody else, didn't think it looked good, and I'm not exactly bullish on their prospects for the rest of the season. However, it is only one game that they've looked bad right now, and that could turn around in a hurry if they, if, you know, if there's a reason to, if they put up a good game against Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers who have looked like, you know, Dan Marino in 84 with Mark Duper and whoever else so far, then maybe you feel a lot better about things. Can they beat Tampa Bay if A.B. wasn't going to play? <laughs> I guess I, well, I guess I could phrase it differently because they could, certainly, fine. I mean, it's the NFL. Well, I mean, yeah, anybody yeah, beat yeah. anybody. But would they, do you think? Well, that's, you know, <laughs> not to go off the board here, but, I mean, A.B. hasn't been the number one receiver really the first two weeks of the season. Yes, uh, but if AB's not playing, then Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, is getting yeah, okay. that coverage, and it's Fair. it's 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 ass-tastic for him, probably. An, an excellent point. Uh, so you're probably right. At this point, they're probably going to need every. They're, you know, well, they're already down at all pro from their offense. So you, you subtract another one. Uh, you know, the, 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 the attrition is going to catch up with them here, one way or another. Adamski? Actually, we're not two all pros. The Castro might not play either, so they'll be down all pros all over the place. Chris, I really appreciate the time, man. Thank you for talking Muppets and Stillers with me. Yeah, and I have a little bone to pick. How come I'm on your board? The board is a big topic of conversation now. The bulletin board with the pictures and stuff, and um, we saw a lot of faces were missing from the board. I'm kind of hurt that I'm not on your bulletin. Okay, board. so a lot of people have raised this problem. <laughs> uh, the, here's here's what we did wrong. We tweeted out the biggest board, 
But we have four different boards in here that are all covered up with faces. And, in fact, I'm trying to locate you right now, Adamski. You are in He's here. on the big board. He's right okay. there next to Yoey. Wait a second. Yeah, he's you're on, the on the big board. board. He I'm saw his board? picture. Yeah, he's yeah. on the main the main wing of the uh, Hall of Honor. Yeah, actually, you're not going to like this, probably, Adamski, but there's <laughs> there's a picture of Josh Yoey holding his child up, and then there's a picture of you holding both of your children up right next to each other on the big board. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I take back everything I've said and what I've been saying all day about you. I mean, what? <laughs> now, we have, okay, when you're with, because I don't go down to the facility anymore. I'm a lazy son of a bitch, so I, I'm not in there. I'm not talking with the people. You tell them, uh, who, wh every every single outlet that you have down there, you tell them to hire more black people, man, because we've only got two black people on this entire wall, and that's not our problem. That's Pittsburgh media's problem. What happened to diversity, man? It ain't out there. We went digging. How many women are on your board? A million. I mean, there's, there's women all over the place. Two. All over the place. Wendy Bell doesn't oh, count. No, Wendy Bell's on the board, but we she shouldn't. Jamie Baker's up there, tall Kathy. We got we got Michelle Michaels from DVE. We got Abby from The X. We got Peggy Finnegan. We got Dejan Kovacevic's wife. <laughs> tall Kathy. Yeah, well, there's a lot of women, but only two black people. So you go down there, you tell them to change their hiring policies, okay, Adamski? All right, I'll get on that. All right, pick that bone, baby. See you. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, thank you. That's Chris Adamski from the Trib, one of my favorite people. He's tall. He could be Big Bird in another life. Crowley, I didn't realize it, but this wall could be like a champion of diversity. We have highlighted something that, you know, frankly needed highlighting. I mean, if you look at this now, like this is an actual representation of the market. Yes, it is a very white market. It's crazy. We got Stocky. We got Batch. We could put Josh Taylor up there. Sometimes he goes on the fan though. We we're yeah. kind of trying to oh, not do yeah, fan right. people, Never but he I don't. I haven't heard him on there in a while though. Maybe he. Maybe we could put him up for KDKA. Okay, I'll allow that. You know what? Either way, we should put him up there. We need more. We, we need, need more. Yes, diversity we need here, a speckled yes. face wall. And right now, all we've got it. It looks like it's a white Christmas, man. Right. Uh, it looks like a freaking snow globe it's in here. It's like a clan rally up in here. <laughs> Whoa! Stocky and Batch, of course. I mean, not their thoughts. I'm just saying. Like, well, we do have Steigerwald up on the wall. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. He's the Grand Caligal. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. We're also going to hear from Robert Morris University head coach, who is black. That's next, Crowley Show. Yeah, my personal record book. If this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, uh, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I can't believe we did this. I really can't. <laughs> we are looking for brothers to put up on the wall. Yeah, we lit a fire, huh? We did, and I can't believe we forgot Brian Hughes, who works for KISS. Yeah. He is black. He is very good at what he does. He also listens to the show all the time. Kick-ass, dude. He's a great guy. Yep. He checks all the boxes. We got to get him on the wall. He should be at the top of the wall. That makes three black people on our wall. That's not enough. Still not enough. But it's better than two. Oh We're breaking barriers up Society in here. Society is just staring us in the face right here in this room. I think we can change the world based on... Mu or, or let, me, let me rephrase that. I think we can change the world through two different mediums. Yeah. The wall, mm -hmm. and with Muppet analogies. Why not? I think we can change the world through Muppets and this wall right here. I mean, we got women, we got 
A lot of white guys. Aditi, Aditi, yeah. Aditi's not. She's not white, right? I mean, can I speculate? Am I allowed to speculate? Her yeah, last name's Kekabwala. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can speculate. Like Indian, maybe Indian. I think. I think so. Some so represented there, standing next to Jeremy Fowler, who is a stick figure. He's the only stick figure we have on the wall. Surprising lack of Asians in the Pittsburgh media. No Asians. Not one. Only a couple of black men. The diversity is seriously lacking in this town. Yep. We got the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Coming up in a few minutes here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Expected to be joined by Bernard Clark, the head coach of the Robert Morris University Colonial football team. Get him on the program. Ask him what happened against James Madison. What to expect from Bryant. But I got this tweet from a jabroni. (laughs) The team is dysfunctional now, talking about the Steelers, because of one player. Just another reason to pile on Mike Tomlin, not you per se, but the national media. Meanwhile, Parcells and J.J. had tons of crazy players, and the media called them great, great coaches who had control of the team. Wonder what the difference is. I know. Thomas, man, I'm usually with you, and we just spent the last, I don't know, half the show kind of veiledly veiledly and not so veiledly talking about race and society. I know you're getting it racier with Mike Tomlin. I do think that that absolutely has a lot to do with it. J.J. went in a championship, though. I mean, that that's the difference, right? Uh, Mike Tom won a championship, but it's been 10 years, and we have short-term memory in this country when it comes to sports. So people aren't willing to give Tom an, a, a second opportunity to deal with this crisis. The national media does look at Mike Tom as the guy who, while he, while he is losing control, they think of the locker room because of Bell and because of Brown and sometimes because of the things that Ben Roethlisberger says. While that is the case, in their mind, they also pile on because they're losing. Uh, They haven't won the championship. They haven't made it past the AFC championship game. I said earlier in the program that all this goes away if you win. All this goes away if you get that ring, if you get that championship, if you hoist the Lombardi. And because they haven't, all this distraction is just that. It's distraction. But you look at the 70s Steelers, they had way more stuff going on. I I mean, really, they had other teams, Sue and Chuck Knoll, they had their own players, Sue, uh, Sue and Chuck Knoll. They had Ernie Holmes shooting at a police helicopter, getting cocaine possession charges thrown out. They had all kinds of problems. But people remember them for winning. They don't remember them for all the nonsense. You win, and it all gets taken care of. Tom, what friggin' time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. In a new book, it's revealed that Brady thought about divorcing Belichick. That was the verbiage. Wow. Didn't even know they were married. More discreet even than Bert and Ernie. (laughs) See, they've got their problems too, though, right? It it dovetails from our last point. If they win, it doesn't matter. Uh, It doesn't matter if Tom Brady wants to gut Bill Belichick, take a knife through his heart and cut him from sternum to balls. It it doesn't matter as long as they win a championship. And they've won five. People aren't going to remember that as a contentious relationship the way that people think about Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw. People didn't think that about those two until the funeral. People thought they were winners. People aren't going to think that about Bill Belichick and and Tom Brady because they're friggin' winning. It's all that matters. But It is interesting to me that this dysfunction, while it does seem like it happens here more than anywhere else, it's also prevalent in other places around the National Football League. Deshaun Jackson 
says that the Bucks can't take Fitzmagic out. Is that an opinion? I mean, does anybody think that Jameis Winston should play? Tom, should Jameis Winston play when he comes back? Absolutely not. They shouldn't even let him back on the team. I'll go one step further. Just cut him right now. Why? Did he do something wrong? Oh, you might just want to Google that. What do you mean? Just trust me. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's not good. Jameis Winston's my dude. Uh, not Did he do something this. bad? Yeah, it's a little shady. Worse than the crab legs? Yeah, it's a little shady. I'll just keep it at that. Wow. I always thought he was an uber nice guy. I mean, you can't go back to Jameis, can you, Brian? No. Not at all. Not until the Fitz Magic runs out. As long as the pitch, Fitz Magic is hot and heavy, you stick with it. At some point, it will run out. Yeah, and then you switch. And then you switch. Right. Just like at some point, the Browns are going to be mathematically eliminated or close to it, and Terod Taylor isn't going to play. Right, and then Baker gets shot, and we're good. Exactly. Yep. Do the Browns get off the schneid at home against the Jags tomorrow night, Tom? They play the Jets. That's what I said. And no, they will not. The Jets will win 42-10. to 10. Did I say Jags? You said Jags. Well, they're not going to win 42-10. to 10. The Jets will. It's not happening. Yes, it is. Right? Who's Schneid? Woo! Bert and Ernie's friend. <laughs> they're getting uh, off. J-E-T-S. I did say Jags, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, I'm bad at radio today. <laughs> that was a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. We are now joined by the head coach of the Robert Morris University Colonials. He is Bernard Clark. Bernard, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you, guys. I appreciate it every week. Coach, James Madison, tough game, obviously. You lose 73-7. to uh, What do you learn from a game like that going up against one of the top teams in the entire country? Well, what you learn more than anything is, is where you stand more than anything else, what you need to improve upon, what's good, what's not good. That's what you learn more than anything else, and you find out how far your guys have to go in order to compete with the number two team in the country. How difficult was it to have to play a team that's that good then on shorter preparation? We talked about it a little bit last week, but you moved the game up. I mean, that's no easy task playing them anyhow, but playing them then in those circumstances, I mean, that is a bear. Yeah, there's no doubt it's a barrier. But like I said last week, the great thing about we wanted to play the number two team in the country, so that's why we moved it up. But like you said, it also showed us how far we need to go in order to compete with a team like that more than anything else. And the thing about it is our guys learned the lesson. There's never any mistakes. I don't feel it was a mistake to play that team, but there was a lesson in playing that team that the fact that there are a lot of things we need to prove on. We have to become better tacklers on defense when you got – Running backs running through arm tackles, you have to understand you have to bring your feet with you. And when you're trying to block a guy who's trying to split your face wide open on offense, it's just a situation where you got to make sure you got the proper technique trying to block him. So it was a great lesson for us. Would you say you guys were intimidated, or was that not part of the issue at all? I don't think we're intimidated. I just think that, you know, they were a lot better than us. I mean, that's what yeah. it boils down to. It's not a situation where I'm going to try to sit in and say, we could have done this, could have done it. No, that team was just a lot better than we were or anything else. Four years from now, I, I don't know. But as of right now, that team was just better than we were. What about Bryant? What challenges do they present? Well, the thing that Bryant challenges more, the challenges they present more than anything else is they're a senior-loaded team. They have a senior quarterback who's a very good, who makes great decisions. He's a transfer from Louisiana Tech, uh, Price Wilson, who does a great job. And Coach Perry's done a good job of putting that offense together. And they're, they're a speed-up, they're no-huddle offense that's constantly at a fast tempo. And so they, that's what they challenge more than anything else is our guys being in shape and being ready to go and up substituting guys and them not substituting guys and things like that. And on defense, what they uh, 
what the uh, challenge they face is they're a man team. And, you know, we struggled with a man team. We went up against Virginia State, yeah. Virginia State, and they're basically a cover one team the entire time. So we've got to get away from receivers. We've got to pull away from receivers. We've got to block. And they do a great job of keeping everything inside the box because they have downhill linebackers. So those are some of the things that the challenges they possess. Bernard, I don't know how much you've been following the Antonio Brown drama surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he didn't show up to work on Monday. And Mike Tomlin said he talked to him, and there is discipline, but he's not going to be suspended for the game. What do you think, as a coach, you would do in a circumstance like that? I mean, let's say your your, well, your star player well, doesn't show up. Well, the thing yes. about me, it's a little different. I'm in college. Right. So in, in college, he's suspended. There's no if, ands, or buts yeah. about it, nor anything else. But when you're dealing with grown men, and that's what Antonio is, he's a grown man. When you're dealing with grown men, grown men are supposed to show up to work. And I think Mike's going to handle it the way they always handle it. That's probably with money. <laughs> the fact that he's going to be fine. <laughs> but, I mean, a grown man shows up to work. That's what it boils down to more than anything else. And I don't think it's Mike Tomlin's job to make sure a grown man shows up to work. It's my job to make sure a young player comes and plays where he's supposed to. But when it comes to doing your job, that's what you're supposed to do. That's how I see it. No, that's a great point. We were talking about that earlier in the show. I mean, when you're talking about a 30-year-old guy who's been in the league now for a little less than a decade, uh, you got to know whether you're showing up on Monday. And if you don't, you got to know that there's going to be consequences. Uh, Coach, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, best of luck this weekend. And uh, let's talk again next week. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you. There he goes. It's Bernard Clark of Robert Morris University uh, as they take on next week Bryant. 1 o'clock at Bryant. Kobe. That's not it. No. I think he went there. I think that's why the school's named Bryant. No. Uh, you are remembering it wrong. Okay. Kobe did not go to high school. All right. That's my mistake then. I'm right. wrong. He did not go to college. You can catch that game live here on ESPN Pittsburgh 106.7 or 106.3 FM. 104.7 HD2, 970 AM, iHeartRadio app. Purple Impact 16 tweets at underscore Adam Crowley here on ESPN Pittsburgh, 106.3 FM in Allegheny County, new FM signal. On the topic of conversation about Mike Tomlin and the race discussion that we've had, uh, he said, true, but then why not the bad coach label for Peyton or for Reed or McCarthy? I think a lot of people have questioned the job yeah. that McCarthy's done, and I think a lot of people have questioned the job Reed's done. Reed has the reputation that he's a quarterback whisperer. He also has the reputation that he can't manage a team in the waning moments of a game. Uh, he's terrible at clock management, and he's not a playoff guy. Sean Payton's won a championship. Mike McCarthy, yes, he's won a championship, but he gets ripped. I, I think Payton gets that genius label because he's an offensive whiz. But I think that they're growing a little impatient with him down in New Orleans, too. It's time for them to do something. Uh, so I, I think you're a little off base. It's not to say that Mike Tomlin isn't getting criticized by a number of people because he is black. I definitely think that makes its way into the conversation. There's no doubt about it in my mind. That being said, winning and winning in the present, it cures everything. It doesn't matter what color you are. People are going to love you if you win, even... The horrific racist Steelers fans that might be out there. Coming up next, Tim Benz joins us. Maybe we'll call Brian Hughes. we got to get his picture up on the wall. You're listening to The Crowley Show.